I have a question for you this morning. We're all just going to shout it out together. I want everyone to think of their favorite Christmas movie. And on the count of three, everyone say it. One, two, three. I couldn't understand a single one of y'all. Okay, give me a couple. Shout them out. What we got? What we got? Home Alone. Home Alone? Elf. Elf. Okay, give me another one. White Christmas. Who said White Christmas? That is my favorite Christmas movie. Well done. Okay, so Christmas time is upon us. And if your kids are anything like my kids, they're waking up every day saying, Daddy, is it Christmas today? And I have to say no again. But we are excited about Christmas. And so we've been taking this month and working through different elements and different themes regarding Christmas. And today we're going to look at the theme of joy in regards to Christmas and to Advent. And the key question I want to ask you today is where does your joy come from? I want you to reflect on where does your joy come from? Or better yet, based upon how you live your life, who or what are you actually looking for joy from? Who are you asking to give you joy? That's a great answer. You can go ahead and just, maybe you should preach. (laughs) Who are you asking for joy? Who have you given the responsibility of joy from? Because I think we all know the answer, and the answer is God. The answer is Jesus. We would say Jesus is joy. We we talk a lot about joy nowadays, Christmas season. Some of you all have these sweaters that say joy in bright letters, or you might have something in your yard that says joy. You see, joy becomes more of a holiday decoration than it does become a talking point sometimes. We, we want to say we have joy, but how, when's the last time you had a long conversation about joy and where you're gathering joy from in your life and, and who you're looking to for joy? I would say that based upon how we live our life, we can analyze the truth. The truth is you can look to Jesus for joy or you can look to others to give you joy. And if you're looking to others for joy, you'll continue to search and not find it. Because joy can only be given to us through Jesus. And if we look at the story of the New Testament, we see that through his birth, Jesus brought joy. We see that through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is giving joy to us now. And then on the last day, Jesus will bring joy for all the people. So today I want to look at a topical study, particularly in the New Testament, of what is joy and how do we go about that. Before I do that, I want to think about one of our beloved Christmas carols, Joy to the World. You all familiar with it? Okay, he's got it. We have joy to the world. Now, if you're like me, Christmas carols are kind of like ritualistic things that I sing. Have you all ever sang a Christmas carol then halfway through thought, I haven't thought about a single thing that I'm singing. I'm just up here singing because I'm singing Joy to the World. Like we know the lyrics so much that we completely almost zone out while we're singing. Anyone else? That happens to me all the time. I have to catch myself and be like, what are you singing? Focus. I, I want to read the lyrics of Joy to the World. I think we have them on the screen because we miss it. It says, Joy to the World. Here we are, yeah. <laughs> 
Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let all of their songs employ. Fields and floods, rocks, hills, plains, repeat the sounding joy. It goes on to say, no more let sins and sorrows grow. Amen. Nor thorns infest the ground. Because he has come to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found because he rules the world with truth and grace. And he makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. You see, that's a song that we all know. But do we sit and think about that phrase, joy to the world? What does the phrase joy to the world mean? How does that intersect with your story? This is your life. It's December 2023. And there is a hymn written by a guy named Isaac Watts. And he wrote that 300 years ago. And how does the phrase of joy to the world intersect your daily life? To do that, I think we need to talk about what the word joy means. And we're going to get back to that hymn in a second. But... What does it mean to have joy? So kids, since y'all are so engaged, I'd love to draw your attention to your ornaments that are in your bags. Uh, This is an ornament of joy and there's a few talking points that you can read through with your family on this. Go ahead and take this home, kids, and, and place it on your tree as a reminder that our joy is found in Jesus. But let's take a look at the word joy. So in the New Testament, the word joy in Greek, is hara. I know y'all are all impressed by my ability to speak Greek. Thank you so much. But it is the word hara. Why is that important? Well, the word hara is originated, it's derived from another word named haris. Okay. Haris means grace. And hara means joy. Written into the language of the New Testament is the understanding that you cannot have joys. You cannot have joy absent God's grace. You cannot have joy unless it is given to you by God. Grace is a gift given to us that we did not earn, that Christ has given to us. And joy is given to us by God. You cannot have joy absent grace. Why is that important? Well, if you think about it, joy is of divine origin. It's from God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's given to us by God. Here's one of the myths that we believe about joy. I'm going to go through three different myths that we believe about joy today. The first myth that we believe about joy is that joy is something that you or someone else can create for you. We believe that. We believe that joy is something that we can create. Now, we may not actually go out and say that. No one would say, today I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go create my own joy. That's a little cheesy. (laughs) But the way we live our life shows that we are either thinking that based upon our own actions, we can create joy, or based upon their actions, they can give us joy. And what happens is we end up relying upon someone else to give us joy. We rely upon other people 
We rely upon the Christmas bonus. We rely upon our work schedule to give us joy. When joy is of divine origin, because joy always has to come from God. The problem is that we believe we can, we can create joy on our own. Joy is something that you receive. I'd love to do a quick case study. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 29, we read the story about John the Baptist. So John, chapter 3, verse 29. And John the Baptist is about to, um, his life is about to end. And the people that were following John, they come to him and they, they say, hey, Jesus is getting a lot of followers. Are you okay with this? Aren't you upset? You're not as important as you used to be. John responds with this, John chapter three, verse 29. He says, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. Okay, now, he's, he's giving a picture of a wedding. We've all been to a wedding. And he's saying, it's like my friend is getting married. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching him get married. You see, I have joy watching him get married. My joy isn't connected to that there is a wedding ceremony. My joy is connected to the person. John was watching his followers leave him and go and be with Jesus. He was watching Jesus be with his bride. And in that moment, John had joy. You see, John the Baptist saw joy connected to people interacting with Jesus. Joy and interacting with Jesus go hand in hand. When we, when we separate them, we struggle. The word hara means joy or gladness. Sometimes it can mean cheerfulness. Sometimes it can mean a calm delight. As I've studied scripture, the working definition I'm running with today is that joy is a deep gladness we have that is connected to interacting with Jesus. Joy is a deep gladness that we have when we interact with Jesus. A deep gladness interacting with Jesus. In the case of the wedding, John saw Jesus be with his bride, Jesus with his people, and that brought joy to John's life. John was about to die. Why is this important? Well, because we're going to see this thread all throughout the New Testament, that joy is not dependent upon circumstances. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy is not dependent upon circumstances. Because joy is connected to one thing, Jesus. If our joy becomes disconnected from Jesus, the question is, is that truly joy? Or are you labeling it as joy? Joy is always connected to the person of Jesus. If you feel like you have no joy right now, joy is something you're struggling with. I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. What are you chasing? Are you chasing happiness? Happiness is something that's time-bound. 
It can come and go. I'll give you an example. You can have the greatest day of your life, then come home and your electricity bill is $700. My happiness has decreased. (laughs) That's how this works. You see, happiness can change based upon circumstances. But joy is completely independent upon circumstances. Because joy is a deep gladness centered in a relationship with Jesus. If you are feeling like there's no joy in your life, I might ask you the question, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because everyone wants joy. There's not a single person in here that would say, overrated, I don't want it, I'd rather sorrow. We all desire joy. Everyone in the world would desire joy. And this is where the desires of humanity, they match the desires of God. God desires for you to have joy. But you cannot find joy absent God. And so the first question that I have for you is if you're searching for joy and seeming you cannot find it, well, the first question is do you have a relationship with God? You will not be able to find joy at all absent relationship with God. Confessing that he is Lord of your life. The second one is like, have you spent time with Jesus? If Jesus brings joy, are you ignoring Jesus? If Jesus is the one that brings joy, and what he's done is the, is, are the things that can bring us joy, have you ignored Jesus? So what I would like to do is remember that the voice of Jesus in the presence of Jesus brought joy to John. John watched, John saw Jesus interact. That brought him joy. He says, now my joy is full. Now my joy is complete. You see, it was interacting with Jesus that completed his joy. I like to go through the New Testament, pull out a few verses and talk through how Jesus brought joy with his birth how he is bringing joy into our life and how one day he will establish joy forever. In Luke chapter two, verse 10, it's a story that we're all familiar with. Luke chapter two, verse 10, and it says, and the angels said to him, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. The angels are speaking He says, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Here's the second myth that we believe about joy. The second myth that we believe about joy is that joy is only for some people. We believe that joy is only for those who are extroverts. We believe that joy is for only those who were born into different family circumstances who have different finances. Joy is for those who haven't been through the tragedies that I've been through. What what, what does he say though in here? The angel says that he brings good news of great joy that will be for all the people. From the birth of Jesus, joy was intended for all of humanity. God desires all of humanity to experience joy. Joy was for all people. Some of us think that joy is just for that super Christian who just like has got this thing a little more figured out than we are. 
And we either look at them amazed that they have joy or disgusted by them or we're disgusted by ourselves, and we become self-critical. Why can't I have that joy? Why am I not that good? Because we have to remember that joy is connected to Jesus. And that's the only connecting piece here. When we add extra things, we will misdefine joy every time. In Matthew chapter two, the wise men say this. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, there's some wordplay there. They rejoiced exceedingly great joy. They were very happy. <laughs> Rejoice exceedingly with great joy. There's joy centered around meeting Jesus. These wise men are going to meet Jesus. And there's a star for them to follow. And an abundance of joy came upon them because they are excited about interacting with Jesus. Excited about interacting with Jesus. Or look at this. John 15, verse 11. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. I've said these things to you so that you might have joy. The voice of Jesus brings joy into our life. The voice of Jesus brings joy into our life. Friends, have we spent some time listening to his voice? Have we spent some time hearing what he has to say in his scripture, sitting with the Holy Spirit? Because for the disciples, they were going to need joy. Every single one of them would suffer a cruel death. But they would find that the joy of the Lord was their strength and that they would remember the words of Jesus. And their joy wasn't just partial. Did y'all catch that? It says that your joy may be full. You can have a full joy dependent upon one thing, Jesus. See, we often think our joy can be full depending upon where we're at in life. I love that Jesus not only gave them a mission, because we know the disciples, we know that Jesus would eventually gather them and give them the great commission, but he did not just give them a work to do. He gave them his joy while, he, while they do it. You see, joy is such a crucial part of the Christian life. It happens as we interact with Jesus. In, in our lives today, Jesus is bringing joy. Look at Romans 15. I want to keep going through this little study. Romans 15, verse 13 says this. But may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The key thing there is that we need to understand that God is the one that fills us with hope. This is where I want to go back to that original question. If Paul says that God is the one that fills you with hope, based upon how you live your life, are you asking God for joy? Are you receiving joy from God? If Paul says that God is going to fill you with all joy, who are you looking to for joy? 
You see, I think all of us have like a little joy battery that we have to fill. And we look for it to get filled by different things. We might find it in a, the joy in a relationship. If you if you're, have a close relationship, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's someone in your family, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a close friend. We look for them to give us joy. Give me joy, give me joy. Around this time of the season, we find joy in, in receiving gifts. We find joy in getting the next thing. We find joy in the Christmas bonus that comes. But here in Romans 15, Paul says that joy originates from God and is given from him to us. And what we have to do is analyze our life. Who have I placed the expectation on that they will give me joy? Who have I, not that I would say this to them. I never told them, I said, it's your job to give me joy. We don't do that. It's subtle. Who are we expecting that they would say, give me joy? Give me joy. We're asking that of them and they're unaware of it. Because I think we all do it. I will receive joy if you go and do this. Paul says that joy comes from God. Uh, Galatians 5, 22, 23 says joy is a fruit of the spirit. The question here then is if joy is a fruit of the spirit, how does the fruit of the spirit become manifest in our life? If joy is a fruit of the spirit, how do the, the fruits of the spirit show up in my life? Will they show up in your life when one, you've been brought into the family of God and received the Holy Spirit? Once again, absent relationship with God, there is not joy. So you've been brought into the family of God and now there's an opportunity for the spirit to work its way out in your life or for your flesh to work its way out in our life, your life. And then there is a denial of self that must happen where you are denying your desires, your best ideas, and you're letting God be God in your life. You see, when you're in charge, you're still trying to create your own joy. When you're in charge and doing your best ideas, you're looking to things for joy that won't give you joy. But when God's in charge and you let God be in charge and there is a submission of your will, one of the things that he produces in your life are the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. You see, God produces joy in your life. You don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to create it. We often look, whenever we are working in our flesh, we often look to things that can bring us happiness and ask them to fill the desire of joy. You see, we need a deep joy, a deep gladness, an anchor for our soul. And we look to the things that bring us happiness and we ask them to do that job. And those things are not created to do that job. And what happens is that relationships get broken and disappointment occurs. But here's the good news. That when people interact with Jesus, when they give their lives to Jesus, joy is on the other side. Acts 8.8, 8, there's a story 
about Philip going to a town called Samaria and preaching the gospel. And the town repents and believes. And then there's this very interesting verse right after their salvation. And it says, this says, there was much joy in that city. There was much joy in the city. You see, the bending of our will and the giving our life to Jesus comes with joy. That doesn't make sense in our brain. Our brain tends to think, no, doing what I want and pursuing my desires, that brings me joy. But at the foundation of it is joy is connected to Jesus. And if you're denying and rejecting Jesus, how are you expecting to find joy? And so you have to acknowledge, am I ignoring Jesus in my life? Am I ignoring God in my life? And then complaining about not having joy. 1 Thessalonians 1.6 says this, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Here's the third myth about joy. The third myth about joy is that having joy is always easy. That's the third myth. So Paul, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he writes a lot about joy. He's got a lot to say. But often, most of what he has to say about joy is directly connected to hardship. Pretty much every time he mentions joy, he's talking about joy in the midst of suffering. It's almost as if joy can flourish when there's suffering. So, okay, what do we know to be true? Well, we know that in this life, we're going to face hardship, right? Is that true? Has everyone experienced that before? Okay, just me. All right. We've had hard things in our life, right? Okay. And then we, sometimes we have moments that we feel out of control and we feel like we are completely helpless. And we are trying to figure out what's going on. We also know that we're not able to create our own joy. That's not how this works. You cannot create your own joy. So you have moments of chaos and you cannot create your own joy. And we know that God is the one that brings joy. Moments of chaos, we can't bring joy. God brings the joy. But here's the good news. God's ability to bring joy is not dependent upon how hard your life is. Sometimes we think, well, my life's gotten this hard, so God can only bring this much joy. You see, God has the ability to bring full joy regardless of the level of hardship in your life. And it's in these moments that Paul talks about so much in the New Testament. Affliction, hardship, suffering, yet there was joy. Why? Well, because joy is not tied to circumstances. Happiness is. And happiness decreases in moments of suffering. Happiness decreases in moments of affliction and pain. But joy remains consistent because it's connected to Jesus. Because we can only receive joy from Jesus. It brings me to the thought that Jesus one day will bring eternal joy. I'd like to go back to the hymn 
of Joy to the World. Isaac Watts, like I said, wrote it 300 years ago. He wrote a lot of hymns. He also wrote When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. But he wrote this hymn based upon Psalm 96 and Psalm 98. Now, the idea of those psalms is that one day God would come to the earth. So there's actually a little bit of a disagreement about whether or not Joy to the World is a song for Christmas or if it's a song for the second coming of Jesus. Now, but if you think about it, it's based off of these two psalms. Now, these psalms are about one day God will come and he will set things right. To which I think you can make a strong case that joy to the world is for Christmas and it's also for the second coming of Christ. Here's what I mean by that. Think about the Psalms. Before Jesus came, remember how in Luke 10, 2, 10, he says that this is joy for all the people. Before Jesus came, the Israelites, they were in need of joy. They had been taken over by this civilization and then that civilization got taken over by this civilization and they just kind of got passed around. They, and they became underneath Roman rule. They're living as outsiders. There has been years of silence from God. They needed joy. And so when Jesus shows up, he brings joy. Why is that? Important because I think the world that we live in in 2023 is in need of joy. I don't think there's a single person on the planet that would say this world doesn't need joy. We need joy. I mean, look around. There's wars. There's famine. And those are the big ones. Look at our relationships. There's fighting. There's suffering. There's constant divisiveness. There's consistent looking for pleasure. This world needs joy. And what they're doing is they're trying to solve their joy problem with happiness. Happiness is a short-term solution. Happiness is a short-term solution. So they're trying to solve the joy problem by looking for happiness. Joy is connected to Jesus. Happiness is a time-bound thing just to put a smile on our face. When we need joy, the world is looking to fill that need with happiness. And this is where us as Christians, we get to come in and say, no, 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 you don't have to do this rat race of continually looking for the next happiness. This is where, this is where we find people who aren't happy and so they quit their job. They're not happy and so their family dynamics change. They're not happy, so they reinvent themselves. They're not happy. And so in 2024, they're going to be skinny by February. Like there's all these new things that we're trying to fill the hole of joy in our life. And, and the people of God, those who have the spirit of God within them, those whose presence brings joy, get to go into the world and share the joy of Christ with them. Now, if we're not careful, we just heard a super Christmas Christian phrase and we completely missed the part where you have a role and I have a role. That the world is needing joy 
and is trying to fulfill that need with happiness. And we can step up to the plate and say, you don't have a happiness problem, you have a joy problem. Let me tell you about satisfying and fulfilling joy. And we can preach that not just to our lost brothers and sisters, but we can teach that to our family and here. Those who have a relationship with God but are denying him. Those who might say are the prodigals. Those who are just struggling on a Thursday. <laughs> you can find joy. You don't have to look for that. And this is why I think we, need, we have to analyze our actions. Why are you purchasing that? Why did you say that to her? Why are you sitting here and watching this show or whatever your vice is? Are you asking it to fill a part of your life that can only be filled by the joy of Jesus? And this is the part that I'm having to wrestle with because I think I do this. I think I look for things to fill me that only Jesus can fill me. I feel these deep longings within me and I, was, and I just go to something for it to satisfy me, for it to bring me joy. But that thing was never meant to do that job. We do this all the time with relationships. We go to them and ask them to bring us the joy. They weren't created to bring you the joy. Jesus was. You see, his birth brought joy to all people. Romans 15, God brought joy. The Holy Spirit, joy is produced from the Holy Spirit. In Revelations 19, there's a picture of the skies parting and a man on a white horse descending. He will establish a new kingdom. And that will be a kingdom of joy where he will remove suffering, where he will remove the tears from our eyes, where constant heartbreak will, will go away, where for the need to validate and prove myself will go away, for me looking to someone to give me joy because please just satisfy my soul, that'll go away. Because he's creating a, a, a government. He's creating a civilization that's built upon eternal joy. Joy is foundational in the walk of the Christian. And so if joy is a deep gladness connected with Jesus, and let me tell you, that for eternity, we get to have deep gladness because we're with Jesus. And right now, the Holy Spirit is within you and you can have deep gladness. And this is the question that I wanna, I wanna bring to your mind as, as the band comes back up. I want y'all to think about this. You are all going and celebrating Christmas in some way with someone this year. God is sending you to different people. You may not have thought of it like that. God has given you the opportunity to bring his joy into the world around you. The spirit of God within you can produce joy in your life. You can go to the places. Maybe some place you might go might have no joy. It's hopeless. It's hurting. You can bring the joy of the Lord there. The, the joy that comes from the Spirit can come with you. You can bring that. Who is God asking you to bring that joy to? Is it a, is it a coworker? Is it a family member? Is it the uncle that no, that no one likes? Like, who is God asking you to bring that joy to? 
And then on the individual level, man, are you looking for joy in all the wrong places? Like joy satisfies our soul. Happiness makes us always want more. Are you always wanting more? Then maybe you need to look at the joy. You see, joy satisfies our soul because it's in connection with Jesus. And I hope you know that Jesus satisfies you. He knows the deepest longings of your heart and he can satisfy your soul. So if you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you don't have joy, you can leave here today with a relationship with Jesus. You can leave here today with joy. Not an emotion, but a deep gladness connected to knowing Jesus. And that's the deep gladness that can be the anchor of your life for the rest of your life. It's simple. You just acknowledge that he died for you because of your sin. You believe that he's Lord. You ask him to forgive you. You can make that decision today. And if you'd like to make that decision, you can do that during our next song. Opportunities to pray when we back. We'll have prayer partners in the back. Just stand up and walk back and say, I want joy. I need to know Jesus. But also for the person who knows the Lord, are you pursuing happiness or are you pursuing joy? Is there someone you've been looking to for joy and they just can't give it to you because it's gotta be from God. Let's go ahead and stand. And remember, as I said, there's prayer partners in the back and we just wanna have a conversation with God. We wanna have a conversation with God about joy. Ask the Lord to speak to you have the conversation about what he's already brought up to you while, while we've been studying the text today. But let's pray together. God, we ask that we would not be people that are constantly pursuing happiness, that is time bound, that runs out, that leaves us wanting more and more and more and more. But that we would find that our joy is in you. And that in the midst of the good days and the bad days, our joy is in you. Based on what you've done on the cross, our joy is in you. It's the anchor for our soul. And God, I think we can all confess corporately that sometimes we ask other things to fill that instead of looking to you to be our joy. So God, may this Christmas season, may we not look to anything else to be our joy. No relationship, no gift, nothing. May we look for you to be our joy. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Hey, we're going to sing Joy to the World. So let's sing it with all our heart. <laughs> <laughs>